0: Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is
1: Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go.
2: You are listening to Satellite Sisters. It's Tuesday, March 8th. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. My sister Julie is in Dallas, Texas. And Julie, it's a special day today because it's International Women's Day. So happy International Women's Day to you, Joel.
0: Thank you, Lee, and happy International Women's Day to you, too.
2: All right, we're going to explain a little bit more about what that is, and we have some feel-good International Women's Day stories, so you're going to want to stay tuned. Um, obviously, we have the finale of Downton Abbey to talk about, supersized finale. But really,
0: for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Man. Yeah, we can talk about it. There's no rush, because <laughs> it's never coming back.
2: I mean, it took me forever yesterday to do the notes and there were so many things happening and so many people we had to check in on who supersized Downton Abbey finale finale. So we're going to get to that. We have a whole sports block. A lot of interesting sports stories happened yesterday. Breaking Erin Andrews, that judgment, been following that trial very closely, really interested in her story. So um, we'll talk about that. Maria Sharapova, the Peyton Manning retirement. And then, Julie, you have some Tuesday trends. Tuesday trends.
0: They're ruining hotels, okay? The millennials are ruining hotels as we know them. You might as well just stay home because when I tell you what they're doing to (laughs) hotel rooms, you're just not going to want to go.
2: Okay. All right. All right. But Julie, uh, explain what International Women's Day is because you lived internationally and we sort of, it's a Twitter thing here, but it's not really a thing thing here. Like it's not celebrated.
0: which Which is such a pity because it's like Mother's Day for every, for everyone. For young girls, for older girls, for marrieds, for singles, whatever you are, Mother uh, International Women's Day celebrates women and all the men in your life—your brothers, your spouses, you know, your co-workers—they are supposed to lavish praise and flowers and gifts on all the women in your life. Is and so it's a delightful day. It's it really is, and it's and it's a pity that it's not celebrated. <laughs> Here in the US. It is. I mean, as much as you know, I love Mother's Day, I know you love Mother's Day too. I really would like the more inclusive International Women's Day because it it would just for all women. Uh so like for example, because we lived overseas for a number of years, my husband does send flowers to my daughter-in-law Vera you oh. know, and to Alice. Every International Women's Day, because they know it's International Women's Day, even if other people don't. But, you know, and it's it's a pain because, you know, in the United States, we should celebrate it because we're the ones that have, you know, that are granted the right to education, to wear whatever we want, to marry whoever we want, to to live, to to drive, to to, to drive, to live wherever we want, to have the kind of jobs we want, all protected under some rule of law. You know, when you think about all the women around the world, you know, I mean, it's just uh, we should get on it, Lee. And I was thinking about it last night, I think, in the same way that we really brought back toast. I mean, people (laughs) weren't talking about toast before you and I started talking about toast. Okay, I think we can do it for International Women's Day. I know there are a lot of women like working on getting a woman on the $20 bill. Forget about that. International Women's Day. It's a much better holiday. (laughs) Comes in March, it would be a perfect time. Well, you know, I'm on that International
2: Women of Courage committee, and we're gearing up. Usually last year... It was done around International Women's Day purposefully that the U.S. State Department would bring these incredible female leaders into Washington, D.C., and the Secretary of State and the First Lady would, you know, lavish them with praise and, and uh, you know, sing, sing about them in an official presentation. But it was snowed out three of the four last years so in Washington, so they bumped the event to the end of March. But they did release a fantastic video today, the U.S. State Department, about the 100 women that they've honored as, with the Women of Courage Awards. And so I posted that at our Satellite Sisters Facebook page and Look my good. Facebook page, and I'll post a link to it at SatelliteSisters.com because it's feel good. It'll get you get you in the mood and gives you the instructions on how you can actually watch the ceremony in Washington DC, March 29th. But I have just been consumed with International Women of Courage for the last couple of weeks, and it's been okay. fun. It's incredible what these women do, and you're right, Julie, when you read their personal stories, and you just realize we're very lucky here in the United States. We are, we even are. if. It seems like a cray cray time in the, (laughs) in the election
0: cycle. Right. Right. Even if you want to run through airports with glasses of white wine and go crazy, you know, but, uh, you can do do it, you can do it, but we have, we do, we have, you know, we have rights that women around the world don't have. And to, you know, to have a day to just stop and recognize and to celebrate all women, uh, and to have the men celebrating the yeah. women, I think that's a key point about this: that it's a lovely, lovely holiday, and it has a great spirit about it. And uh, and I think we deserve it. All right, there was a great story in the Indian Express. A friend of
2: mine posted it on her Facebook page, but I loved it. And it was um, the national carrier Air India on Monday said it flew quote the world's longest all women operated and supported flight. From the nation's capital to San Francisco. So, everybody on the crew, everybody involved in the flight were women. Now, this flight, Julie, traveled a distance of, and this means nothing to me, 14,500 kilometers. (laughs) Okay.
0: I thought you were going to say aeronautical miles. Nope. uh, uh, It's really stumped me. (laughs) Yes.
2: But 17 hours. And they claim – we had this discussion this weekend on the show about the longest air route. Air India claims this is the longest air route from Delhi to San Francisco. But for the first time ever on the world's longest nonstop flight, according to Air India, the entire flight operations from cockpit crew to cabin crew to check-in staff – Doctor, customer care office, air traffic control, and the entire baggage handling group, they were all women. Really? Isn't that fantastic? That's, that's a very good story, Lynn. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yes. And they said the airline has immense respect for women, and it is a symbol of women's empowerment. That's I love it. I think that's fantastic. That is pretty cool, actually. I mean, seventeen hours. It's a long flight, man. Mm-hmm. So, there's well, women some...
0: can do it. Women are strong. They can do the it. Endurance.
2: They yes. can do it. We're used to not sleeping, so. <laughs> for years for decades we don't sleep so it's totally fine uh so that's you know just one of the ways that uh companies are celebrating women all over the world i thought that was kind of a fun thing fun thing all right we have to take a quick break we'd like to give you a word from audible uh the sponsor of today's podcast and when we get back we're going to talk about the many many sports stories in the news so stay with us we're the satellite sisters Satellite Sisters, it's Leanne Dolan and I want to take this time to thank Audible for their support of the Satellite Sisters podcast. That's right, if you love podcasts, you're going to love audiobooks or all the great products they have at Audible. They have over 180,000 titles. So if you haven't tried Audible yet, now's your chance. For a free 30-day trial, just use our special URL. It's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters you'll find books there you'll find courses there you'll find other fantastic audio content and the book that we want to recommend this month is brand new just came out and it's from one of the satellite sisters favorites Padma Lakshmi you know her as the like drop dead gorgeous host of Top Chef but she's also a cookbook author she's a mother she's the former wife of writer Salman Rushdie and she has plenty of things to say about that in her new memoir, Love, Loss, and What We Ate. Now, it's also narrated by our girl Padma, and she does does a wonderful, kind of sexy, personal job with the narration. So I think if you're a fan of Top Chef, if you're a fan of hers, you are really going to enjoy this. I remember when Padma came on Satellite Sisters, and she was warm and gracious and lovely. And this memoir has elements of all of that, plus just a lot of honesty. I mean, have you ever wondered? What's it really like to be married to Salman Rushdie, a guy you know who's really wanted by people all over the world? It's a pretty fascinating. Look, plus there is food, 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 lots of food, as she traces her path from an immigrant from India to where she is now—a very complicated life in front of uh, in front of the camera. The book is Padma Lakshmi's "Love, Loss, and What We Ate," and it is our satellite sisters audible pick of the month of march so if you want to try that as part of your free 30-day trial here's the special url audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters thanks audible for supporting the satellite sisters podcast and thanks satellite sisterhood for supporting the people that support us we are the Satellite Sisters, Leanne and Julie here today on the Tuesday show. We're working towards our Down Abbey finale
0: recap. The last Downton and Gabby, Julie, the last Downton Gabby. I know. I know I can't can't even say it, Leanne. I can't even think about it. But But first, we want to cover
2: some actual news stories. Now, okay. I think you and I both had on our list of must talks about today, Aaron Andrews.
0: Yes, that was an amazing yesterday. A fifty-five million-dollar judgment uh, that she won. Uh, She had gone to court to sue two people. Uh, Number one, the owner of the Marriott franchise where um, the terrible incident happened to her, where a stalker had rented the hotel room next to hers and videotaped her and put all these videotapes up on the internet. Uh, so, you know, she sh- sued both the st- stalker and she sued the owner of this Marriott, Marriott franchise. You know, and it's interesting, Leanne, this crime, the crime was committed in 2009. mm mm-hmm. And this judgment just came down in 2016, and I don't know. We, I assume you were watching the trial. Too. I was, yeah, yeah. I was and
2: watching I was just... the coverage of the trial, yes, and yes. reading about it. I was very, I was interested in the case when it happened. I'm, you know, I think she's a very solid reporter. I used to work in the sports world myself, so it caught my eye uh, for many reasons. Just because you do feel particularly vulnerable when you're a woman in the sports world, you very often the only woman in a large group of people and and that can be its own problematic and and then the trial was really interesting to me yeah. so yeah
0: and that she you know both her father testified she testified and one of the things that is that was i was really struck with is just the ongoing You know, uh, you know, threat from from this video because it because she says she still gets tweets every day. People sending her this, you know, these pictures, the nude pictures of her that were put up on the Internet. So despite the fact they were taken down, people made copies and every single day she still faces this harassment. So, you know, yes, this stalker, you know, has gone to jail and no, she didn't think she was going to get any sort of, you know, she doesn't expect him to pay back, pay it back. But it's not it will never be over for her. You know, and I think that that's what one of the things that really struck me that and I was so surprised that it came to a civil trial. I mean, why didn't. Why didn't the owners of this Marriott franchise, why didn't they settle with Aaron Andrews? Why did they feel like they had to take it to trial? I mean, well, I, I'm
2: no lawyer, but I think it was a tactic. Like, well, she's certainly not going to want to go to trial and relive this and bring it all up again. I I would imagine, but you know, she did, it was important to her. She really felt like she was speaking out on a lot of behalf of victims everywhere that have been exploited in this way. And, you know, you're right, Julie, she's living with it every day. And I don't know anything about the money. So you can say, oh, it's too much. It's too little. Oh, Real people, um, you know, suffer real pain and suffering. I've seen already, you know, editorials like that. But remember, she's also been accused for eight years of actually somehow creating the video herself and posting it to make money. So not only is she actively harassed every single day, she's also been just torn apart in the press as if, you know, she did this herself as an awesome money-making option. And, you know, the sad thing is, a lot of women have used a naked video of themselves right. as an but entree to their careers. We don't need to name any names, but I, I, it's not something I really applaud as, you know, a way to get attention for yourself, but, um, it wasn't Erin Andrews. She didn't do it on purpose, you know,
0: no, she didn't, she was really just, you know, she's an, just as you said, she's an excellent, uh, uh, Fox sports re- uh, reporter, you know, and she just, but the fact that, you know, I guess I hadn't really keyed in on the fact of how much. Pain and anguish she still go experiences all the time. Now you know the the owners of the uh, Marriott chain franchise uh, they're they're not certain whether they're going to appeal, but they might appeal and just drag this out. Right. So this is this is never going to be over for her. But I think she's going to continue continue the fight, and I think you know hats off to her that she's doing that. You know that because. A lot of people would be like, you know, I just want to be over. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to add, you know, add to this publicity, you know, because, you know, because now that she's been, you know, this case received such a large judgment, it's been in the news, you know, people are, you know, like, you know, researching it and looking it up. So I'm sure she's going to be harassed even more because of this. I think that the idea that she was harassed every
2: day was probably like her saving grace. Like, you know what? I'm harassed every day anyway. So I might as well go tell my story and get my day in court because it's not going away on its own. Right. So, you know, was, uh, Sports Illustrated had a great piece and I just tried to bring it up, but it was running some audio under. So I, (laughs) I didn't want, I I didn't want our listeners to, I know you probably heard that. I didn't want our listeners to be forced to listen to a Sports Illustrated ad because who knows what that could be. But uh, so I'm not going to have all the names I wanted. I read it yesterday and it was a Sports Illustrated reporter. Um, He spoke to seven other women in the sports business about reporters, about sort of what it's like on the road for them. And they all, all seven, you would know their names, Michelle Tafoya, a whole bunch of them. They all had incidences where they were in a hotel, they were felt threatened, You know, they had to either call security or call the police. Uh, In one case, Prince Fielder actually like saved one of the reporters. A a weird guy got on the elevator with her, knew her name, knew her room number. And Prince Fielder like happened to be in the elevator and he escorted her to her room. But what was extraordinary, there was one woman, I don't recall her name. It wasn't familiar to me, but she is also a blonde sideline reporter. And she said, I look nothing like Aaron Andrews and I have been yelled at on the field she said by guys you know she said i remember one incident particularly two drunk guys at a game just kept screaming at me hey aaron we loved your video hey aaron we loved your video like over and over and over again because she wasn't acknowledging them and she's not even aaron andrews (laughs) so that was like a like oh yeah so if you don't think it's daily and you don't think it's real and also, we've gotten like blasé about these nude videos. Like, oh well, ha ha, oh well, Disney Channel stars and whatever. Everyone has a nude video. Well, no, not everyone has a nude video, and not everyone right. wants a nude video. And right. it's super invasive. She's walking into rooms full of men all day long, and knowing that, yeah, they've probably seen her nude video. Right. That I mean, talk about. Just demoralizing. Yeah, it's so unnerving
0: to yeah, think about that. It's really you know, like unnerving.
2: Imagine every professional situation you go into, people have literally seen you naked, you know, right. and that's probably the case with her. So uh so And it, the
0: defense from the from the hotel was like, Oh, well, it really wasn't our fault, you know, it was this creepy stalker guy. He yeah. did it all. Yeah. Well, no, that's not really good enough. You know, like when you give out the name, you know, you know, the name or the room number of where people are staying, that you're violating sort of the rules of, you know, being in a hotel. And I know a lot, you know, I mean, you've traveled by yourself, Lee, and I've traveled by myself. Certainly Liz and Monica travel a great deal by themselves. And it's, you're always thinking about that.
2: You are. About, and you're about very about vulnerable. Security. Liz, you know, we love talking about FrameBridge, don't we? We do. <laughs>
0: because, <laughs> because there are just
2: so many fun things to frame, Lee, and aren't there?
1: See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million
2: pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we (laughs)
1: I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself because you're worth it.
2: <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay. That moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win. Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Oasia. You
0: you are vulnerable uh, about you know about where your hotel room is, how you get there, you know where the exits are, and uh, and women should feel safe. They should be you know if you are paying for the service to stay in a hotel you should feel like you have some security.
2: Yeah. In this article in sports illustrated, uh, several of the women outlined how their procedures had changed since the Aaron Andrews thing, because they all have fans and they all have quote stalkers. And you know, they said very carefully, they don't ever use social media. They don't post where they're going. They don't post where they're staying. Obviously, you know, some of them travel with teams. So they said there's a natural protective instinct there. Like Uh you may be the one was a a reporter, uh, She worked for the Yankees Network, so she traveled with the Yankees all the time. And she said, I'm literally like surrounded by men all the time, and I feel a lot safer. But others, you know, were more like Aaron Andrews. They're just sent to, to Cleveland, you know, to Cincinnati, and to Pittsburgh on three successive days, and they're just kind of out there traveling alone. And they said they always make sure now to put a band aid over the peephole and to double lock their doors, and they don't stay on the first floor. And they, you know, it was, you know, they, she, she said, "Why well, I used to but one reporter said she used to spend a lot more time, like, in her room alone, but now she actually makes sure to go down and be surrounded by people, particularly, like, other male reporters, so that if there is anyone watching her, they know that she has, like, backup in the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot to think about. So –
0: Right. I don't know but anything about that. that's not the... really your job. No, it's to... not your job. Yeah, this is not – Right. Yeah. This is you. This is just all the things yeah. you have to do so that you can do your job. Right. So so, uh, so you know, the money is is what the jury
2: felt was right and, right. and that's a. But the principle, Yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, that was a you know, that's it's a, it should be a wake up call for hotels everywhere. And, you know, for anybody who is in the travel business in terms of how they they structure privacy and protection. All right, Maria Sharapova, Julie, that was uh, kind of a shocker because
0: people thought she might actually be retiring. Right. Right. Five-time Grand Slam winner. You know, she is a fan favorite. Uh, You know, she's a fierce competitor. And she flunked the drug test for the Australian Open. And she gave a press conference yesterday. And she said that she flunked the test because for the last ten years she has been taking a drug called Mildronate. or something mildranate, and this was prescribed by her family doctor because uh, she was traveling so much, she was getting the flu frequently, she was really fi- run down. She has a history of uh, family history of both heart disease and diabetes, and that this drug um, was intended to sort of boost her stam- stam- stamina and boost her endurance and make her feel better. When I heard that, I thought, that's what our sister Liz needs with all of her her travel. (laughs) Okay. But the same drug, Mildronit, goes under the other name, uh, Meldonian, and that's the banned substance. It's been banned since January 1st. Uh, She said she was unaware of this. She takes full responsibility for it. She didn't realize, you know, she didn't actually even open the email uh, that the Tennis Federation had sent to her with the names of the banned substances. So uh, I don't know, Leanne, you know, we just now have had such a long history of professional sports stars that have disappointed us, that, that, you know, have stood up there and said, oh, I didn't, you know, about drugs or whatever it is. So I just, I want to believe Maria because I do like her as a player. I think she's a f- fierce competitor. Um, uh, you know, she's been a real champion, but I don't know. I don't know. I know. What well, is the-
2: she didn't, She at least, you know, To her credit, she didn't say she didn't take it and was going to challenge the drug test. That's the usual MO of most of, you know, the the Liam Armstrong MO. Like, oh, no, I didn't take it. The drug test is wrong. She never said that. So I was taking it, and I've been taking it for a long time. It is apparently, again, I just tried to bring up an ad. (laughs) Another article, and I got an audio ad. Uh, but I read today in the L.A. Times sports section that it's kind of a drug of choice of um, Russian stars. Right. There have been yes. several other Russian athletes that have been dinged for this this drug, including a figure skater or a figure skater or a gymnast. Uh-huh. So I think a figure skater. So um, so it's sort of a known quantity. I was surprised, um, you know, to right to see that she had for ten years been been taking you- it i mean she's only 29 maria sharapova right <laughs> it's right. not so you wouldn't think she would be that worried about like heart disease or diabetes she said was an issue and that's one of the reasons she was taking it so I, I you know so she didn't deny it so i will give her credit for that and you know they reporters reports today said this is not such an infraction that she could even be banned for life you know People have already admitted to taking drugs at this level and gotten, you know, a very minimal sentence, very minimal suspension. So, you know, it could be that she won't really get much, uh, you know, much problem at all. But she did already get dropped by Nike. You know, yeah, I saw
0: that. And as well as a watch manufacturer as well. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. I mean, a company like Nike that stood by Lance Armstrong forever. I mean, they got to take a different approach. Yeah. Yeah. This time. (laughs) But, uh, yes, the drug is made in Latvia, Leanne. It's not uh, It's not produced in the U- U.S. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so yes. It, so there is some, uh, and I heard that the head of the Russian uh, federation, sports federation, because she's the number one sports star in Russia, no. he said this was like a punch in the gut. Uh, I was like, oh, really? I'm surprised you're having such a big rea- <laughs> reaction, because you've had a long history of drugging right. athletes. But Right. But nonetheless, but so I really hope it's not true. And I, I, you know. Well, it is
2: true. It is true. I mean, (laughs) so.
0: And she has a whole team of people, Right. I mean, it's not like, oops, I forgot. Like, I, you know, I have so many things to do to play tennis and travel and figure out how to get. I mean, she has people, Leanne, that like, you know, professional trainers that take care of her and that know what medications she's taking. Like, you know, what's up with that? Yeah, I don't, you know, it had
2: just been banned. The Australian opens early in the year. I Who knows? I don't know. Maybe she almost forgot, forgets that she's taking it because she's been on it for so long.
0: Well, I don't I yeah, know, but not I know. the people around her. They know, they should know what medication she's taking every day. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I, I don't know what to say about these drugs anymore. Know. Feels like, you know, it,
2: that next year will be something else that someone half the players are probably currently on. It just yeah. to me, it just underscores like how grueling sports is on people's bodies and people's minds, and the pressure it is to be at the top and stay at the top and win. And it's not an excuse, but I think it does become you know, a doctor gives you something, you take it because like you don't want to think about other things like, oh, this will be good for that, for good for for my stamina. Okay. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you, d- you do a lot of questioning about the ethical decisions when you're on the road 300 days a year and trying to stay number one. And you've got Serena Williams breathing down your neck and, you know, so beating that's all the time, beating you all the time, beating yeah. you all, the time. Beating all, you the, all time. the time. So, you know, for the last couple of years, at least. So, um, so I don't know. I, you know, she's basically said, I don't want to end my career this way. And I hope she doesn't. Me you too. Know. Me too. I Me hope too. she doesn't. I hope she doesn't. All
0: right. All right and then Liam, let's, let's end on a high note. Yeah. And that would be the Peyton Manning farewell speech was, which was pretty much up there with, you know, the Lou Gehrig farewell speech. <laughs> it was. pride of the Yankees. Mm-hmm. This is, he's going to be the pride of New Orleans Leon. I mean, that was some speech. It was, it was emotional. It was, uh, it was sweeping and, and in, in scope. And, He thanked us all, Leon. He thanked us, you know. He did. Yeah. He practically thanked you by name, being
2: your close connection with him in New Orleans. Honestly, Julie, I cried more during the Peyton Manning speech than Downton Abbey final. I mean, and I'm not even, I wouldn't even put myself in the Peyton Manning fan category, but just as a speech, as an exercise in giving a retirement speech, it was a masterclass. It was beautifully crafted. It was genuine. It was powerful. And you know, I don't even really like football anymore, the (laughs) NFL, but when he said, God bless football, I felt it, man. I felt it. I, did it. Too,
0: Lynn. I I can't wait for the movie because that's what's coming next. Right. The Peyton Manning story. You know, don't you think I predict I this? No, I predict just just men across America to go watch this speech
2: over and over and over again when they need to get like psyched up for the big game or something that this is going to become some freak motivational speech for people. Yes, yes, it is.
0: <laughs> So
2: yeah, it was, it was a masterclass in retirement speeches. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: I don't know who wrote it for him, but they did. It was a job well done. It was,
2: it was, he should, whoever on his PR team did that, they should, they should get a big bonus this year. No, it was, it was very genuine. You really felt it from an athlete who's been on top for a long time. So, uh, good for him. Yeah. It was very emotional. Very emotional. All right. Peyton Manning going off to play some um, golf, I understand, with his with his brother, Good. Eli. He's,
0: he's, he's earned it, Liam. He's earned it. Yeah.
2: But don't think he's not going to miss football, Julie. He's going to miss it. I know. He loves football, Liam.
0: He loves it. He does. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right, Liam. Well, you know, it's still Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, even though it's International Women's Day. And so I've got some trends for you. Uh, and the first is uh, hotels, Liam, uh, because... Uh, hotels are now, hotel chains, as they're designing new rooms and features, they're really gearing it towards the millennials. And uh, this could be a problem for us, Leanne, because I've heard of some of the features that they're really going to emphasize now, and they sound terrible. Uh, First (laughs) is uh, uh, laminate floors, okay? Millennials do not want carpet. At all. They like that clean, clean, clean feel. You know, you've seen HGTV. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, people scream when they see carpet, you know, in a house now. I don't know why, but uh, (laughs) they scream. And while it's probably true that a laminate floor would be easier to clean, I think that that is soul crushing. It's the (laughs) gloom that you were talking about, Lee, in uh, this past podcast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So just, Disgusting. Okay, no more tubs. No more soaking around in tubs. Uh, I, I... I like a bathtub, Leanne. Uh, and I'm sorry to see that they're going. It's, it's all showers now. So it's Do you in- use
2: them in hotels? I have yeah. in fancy hotels. The really nice tubs. Yeah. 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 In a
0: fancy hotels. Yeah. Right. With all the like fancy, fancy shower gel. Yeah. Bubble bath. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty they're sweet. Going. Yeah. They're going. They're going, Leanne. Okay. It's all just showers. Okay. No more desks. They're not going to put any more desks in um, hotel rooms. What? That, because they, millennials don't want to sit at a desk. They want like a TV tray. Or they just want an armchair with some kind of big, like again, like a little tray on the end. And I, because they like to curl up and roll up into a ball and tap, (laughs) tap, tap on their laptop. (laughs) Well, I think that's fine when you're 20. Okay. You can curl up into a little bowl. But when you're like 45 or 55, you want a desk. Yeah. Because that's going to hurt your neck and your back if you're all like crunched up. Okay. uh, So that, that is not good. Um, certain hotel, uh, the best Western is coming out with a, a new brand of millennial hotels called Vibe. Does that make you want to stay there, Leanne? No, you know, not what at what all. Well, thought. the best Western doesn't make me part, <laughs> doesn't actually make me want to stay there. But
2: yeah, the Vibe. Yeah, that's not, I, okay. I don't, I don't feel the Vibe. I'm not okay. feeling the Vibe from that.
0: Okay. At the Vibe, you're not even going to get a closet, Leanne. They're giving up closets and hangers. It's just hooks. All you're getting in your room is a hook. Oh, I love the closet. Well, I I love, like, the first thing I
2: do is hang up my clothes in the closet and the nice wooden hangers.
0: Okay. No, that's, that's it. You know, you're just, uh... I mean,
2: don't get me wrong. I like a nice hook too. Most hotel rooms (laughs) should have more hooks. I mean, it's just a personal pet peeve, but some things need, if you have a dress, you need a You did mm-hmm. the hook
0: is not going to do it. That's not the vibe, Leon. No. Sure. Just roll it up or hook it mm-hmm. or hanging on a hook, Leon. That's it. That's <laughs> all you're getting. Okay. Now the Hilton is coming out with a new, uh, chain called true. And that's spelled T R U. Cause that's cooler than T R U E. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. So again, no desk, you just get a chair with an armrest. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, uh, you can just scrunch up <laughs> chairs. So, all right. That's-
2: I am envisioning, we were in Austin last week and we have to go with the Suites hotel and talk about a gloomy hotel. Oy. But, uh, because my husband has all these conference calls at 5am and he's out there. He's got the desk, he's got the laptop, he's got the phone, like he's got papers everywhere. He couldn't operate on a, with a, with just and a,
0: that's right. An that's arm the rest. What if you had, a binder, Liam. Yes. A binder. Just imagine showing up with a binder at a hotel. That's, it's not going to work if you're staying in vibe or true, okay? okay. You're going to have to go somewhere else. They're just, they don't want us, Liam. That's it. They okay. do not want us. Okay. Second trend I want to mention, uh, you have seen this, but it's interesting. It's coming to Texas. That's why I'm mentioning it. Mm the town of Spur, Texas, which is in the South Plains area of Texas. Now that you've been to Texas, that may give you some clue. No? no, Not
2: really. We we both agreed we didn't know anything about Texas history, and we had failed to look at a map before we went. (laughs)
0: Okay. So, okay. but uh, now, you know, I may check it out. I may check okay. it out now. Spur, Texas, it's about an hour east of Lubbock land. So okay. anyway, the tiny house movement, you've, again, we've seen this, uh, seen this around. Well, the town of Spur, Texas is making this possible, that their city council is now passing ordinances so that people to encourage the tiny house movement to come to Texas. Oh, Uh, because, you know, you, you could, you could get a smaller lot or that's, that's it, which sounds good. I mean, the tiny house movement, as you know, is it's sort of a backlash to the whole McMansion building that went on in the late eight, you know, 1980s, 90s, 2000s. So this is, but uh, my son feels that the tiny house movement uh, is, is really, it's, it's our generation. It's the baby boomers sort of rebranding or resetting expectations for millennials, saying to millennials, you're never going to be able to afford <laughs> a regular house. So we're going to create this tiny house movement, and you're going to think it's hip and cool. But it's, it's only because you have so much student loan debt and cannot f- afford a mortgage that you're going to have to live in a little teeny tiny house. <laughs> I like it. I, I like
2: the cynicism. I like the conspiracy theory aspect. I think he's probably a hundred percent right. right. I think you grew is. up in a four thousand square foot house, but you should be happy in a four hundred square foot That's right. House. Right. right. <laughs> and that's a big tiny house. Gotcha. It's four hundred square feet. That is so funny. Yeah. I, I think
0: he I I think he's a hundred percent right. Right. So yeah. well, but they're trying in Spur, Texas, the city leaders are very optimistic that they're going to be able to attract a lot of tiny house dwellers uh, to the town. So you might want to check it out, Spur, Texas. Okay. Uh, I'm actually Googling
2: the tiny life right now. Yes. Uh, tinylife.com, what is the tiny house movement? And there are all sorts of graphics on why you should be sold on the tiny, tiny house. But I much prefer your son's take. <laughs> Yes, that it's just... It's the boom. Because I, too, share a, a cynicism for the baby boom generation. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all, I am think he's 100% right. 100% right.
0: <laughs> okay. And my third trend I want to bring to you, Leon, has to do with desk productivity. Now, you're at your desk right now. Look you around, bet. Look around, Leon. okay? Yeah. You want to boost your productivity? You want to finish that third book you're working on? Yes, okay. I do. Here's what you need to do. Do you have a plant on your desk, Leon? No, Julie, I see some chopsticks though
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is unusual, and soy sauce I have a package of soy sauce and some chopsticks. are those on the list? No, Lynn.
0: okay already no, they've done some studies, uh-huh. and the workers that work in proximity to plants are happier, okay oh, okay, and that they benefit this this boost in happiness is correlated with their boost in productivity. And that if you work near a plant, or even better, if you tend that plant, uh, that it can have true benefits in your in terms of your communication uh, with your coworkers and uh, with with your superiors. But really, just yes. a plant, a plant, Leon, a plant. Yeah, and huh. if you tend it and water it, it just it again. It's it's the happiness. It's, it's a more positive feeling. It's increasing your productivity. It's you know, you're, because you're happy, you're communicating better. So there you have it. A little point. Okay. It's one, one study. (laughs) Okay. Now the second one, highly suspicious about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, acute animals, pictures of cute animals. Okay. If they have done (laughs) studies in, uh, South Korea. Okay. (laughs) Oh, of course.
2: course. Oh, well that is a,
0: Yeah. That's a, a culture there who enjoys. Lights and yeah, they the invented cute goodness. animals. Yeah, okay. they, that's. But, they, and of course they use kittens, super cute pictures of kittens. <laughs> okay, so maybe I want you to get one, Leanne, which would just make me laugh that you had a picture of a kitten uh, on your desk next to the chopsticks and soy sauce. But they the study was that they had workers look at this picture of cute cute kittens right before they had to perform a significant task. And that somehow, by looking at those kittens, it, it, they focused on the kitten, and then they were able to focus better on the task, the picture of the kitten. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're not that's, buying that that's one? That's
1: idiotic. Okay,
0: went, okay. But they said not too much time, because you can waste time looking at cute kittens. okay. You can't do that. You just can't watch, you know, go on the internet and just watch uh, little kitty cat pictures, okay? And then the third thing is light. Do you have the proper light? You probably have the proper light in your office. I do.
2: Well, I have a big window and I have lighting and, yeah, I'm a big believer in the
0: proper light. Okay, so you got one out of three, (laughs) Lynn. Okay. Okay. One out of three. Yeah. Because the blue light coming off the, the computer screen is not good for you. That is not good for your productivity. And that by having a desk lamp, you know, that really that really can help you. Okay. But you got gotta work on those other two <laughs> <Okay. laughs> You know, speaking of
2: cats, and I don't often say that, and I know we have to move to the <laughs> down Abbey finale. <laughs> But you know I have that feral cat that I feed, yes. you know? Yes. That and so the other so, you know, we have a good relationship in the sense that like I'm never gonna touch this cat and this cat never wants to be touched. It's there's no chance that we're gonna bond on any physical level whatsoever. But I'm happy to support his, his free lifestyle in the backyard. So Every day I put out the food in the late afternoon and I kind of call his name. I give, call him Palm, short for pomegranate. And I'll just go here, Palm, here's your food. And so the other day I put out his food and he's usually sitting in the neighbor's yard waiting for the food. So the other day I put out the food and I look and here comes a cat and it's a tiger cat like Palm, but it has a, it has a collar and a bell around his neck. I was like, well, I have totally been duped apparently. (laughs) Pom is someone's cat, but no, this other cat comes right towards me. It's a it's a whole other cat. <laughs> it's like a I, fancy I need- version of Pom. It's got the it's got fancy collar. Ball. It's got it's, got it's got one of those of like sleek tiger, tiger cat. cats. I was like, uh-huh. how many
0: cats how many are cats hiding are in the bushes waiting for food? <laughs> what is it you, they cats? just in the cat world, they know you are. They this is a big sucker. They have already determined that yeah. you, you know that you. They have just. Totally pulled the wool over your eyes, Liam.
2: Well, this cat was so fancy; he turned up his nose at my cheap cat food. <laughs> oh, he wasn't he want any of that food at all. But so, the other day, I looked out and Palm did have a friend for dinner, which was nice. There were two of them out there. Really? Yeah, an orange and white striped cat and Palm. They were eating That's like chicken. Lady and the Tramp kind of. Liam, you should. It
0: is. I invited a friend over I, for dinner. It was nice. I think she should write a book about the cat, Liam. <laughs> Forget that third. I don't know what you're writing about, but I think. People like cats, Lynn. I know.
2: <laughs> anyway. All right. We have to get to the Downton Abbey finale. Uh, the last Downton Gabby here on Satellite Sisters. We're going to take a quick break, organize our notes. Uh, we'll be back. Stay with us. We are the Satellite Sisters. This is the final Downton Gabby. Oh, it's hard to even say the words, but uh, congratulations for making it through six seasons. Thank you for being here with us as we wrap up the PBS show Downton Abbey and our recap of that. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm joined by my sister, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. And Julie, do you feel an emptiness? Is there a sadness that you have now as we do this final
0: Downton Gabby? Yes, Leanne. Yes. Uh, The uh, Monday morning after watching the show, I really woke up and I was like, it's gone. It's really gone. And it's never coming back. And I know there are all kinds of things that people have suggested, books you can read, other series. It's just, it's gone. That's it. It's It's just not the same. It's not the same. That's not the same. And it may so. fang-
2: find take you a while to find a substitute for it. Right. So another show right. that you can give your heart to as right. deeply as you did to Downton Abbey. But now that we've seen the finale, I would say there's a pretty good shot. There's going to be some movies and specials coming back because, you know, they left that wide open. He did not, uh, Julian Fellows, the writer, did not have an ambitious scale for this finale. He wrapped things up in a tidy bow. Yes. Uh, he did it pretty quickly and he left a lot of possibilities for the future. So uh, maybe that will help you julie do you think yes no you know, i do
0: i did leave uh thinking uh, well you know there, there's going to be a movie land we're, we're <laughs> definitely going to get get that and possibly there'll be downton abbey two. you know the next generation uh so yes there were there's a lot of storylines there's a lot more stories to be told there yes. are many
2: more stories to be told
0: all right so here is
2: our final recap uh julie i just wanted to suggest some alternative titles for the finale okay i cooked up a list so okay. uh here we go Thelma and Louise, too. The Dickie Merton escapade. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting rave reviews.
1: Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Prose hair regimen For quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great Mm -hmm. hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, prose is made for
2: people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash sisters and use code SISTERS to choose your free-for-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox.
0: That was, that was one of my, that's one of my favorite storylines. We'll have to best. talk about that. Okay, four weddings
2: and no funeral. Like, no one died. So that was good. Hooray uh,
0: for that, land.
2: Broke back, Abby, the Henry and Tom story. I mean, those two. Get a room, man. I mean, I, I thought they were going to make out over that drink cart. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Charlie and Elsie. Who? I mean, Who? what
0: was that? Charlie Carson. Have you ever? No. I, I mean, no, that was shocking. Don't do that again. Don't yeah. use your first name. <laughs> I
2: was wrong. All right. The girl in the plastic bubble. Lady Cora emerges from coma and now runs the hospital. <laughs> I mean, what the, she had like a lobotomy over
0: the last couple of shows. Uh, well, she's been resting, Leon. You know, she's been saving herself for five seasons where she's just been in bed with that breakfast tray. And... Okay. All right. Little Sister's Revenge. Edith marries a
2: Marquess and Mary marries a used car salesman. I know. I really? mean,
0: used um, cars. What the? I, I, I mean, where are they going with that? I, I don't know.
2: All right. The kids are all right, except Carson. I mean, did you feel like Carson got the raw deal in this? Like, nobody I, died, but Cor- Carson got a death sentence. Yeah, so, I know. I was bad. All right. And then the last couple of alternative titles. Goodbye, Pigman," <laughs> Shrimpy come home. And... <laughs> Oh. The is Downton Abbey of them all. Because it really was. They just sort of laid it on thick there, Downton Abbey. Yeah. If you have loved sort of the pace and the quality and the bon mots and you've loved the logistics and the back and forth of Downton Abbey over the last five years, then you would have really loved this finale because it just laid it all out there. Like
0: very slow moving not any surprises. Well, that was good, Leanne. I mean, I'm glad there were, were no car crashes. I was worried about Anna's baby. You know, I mean, everything just turned out all right, you know. I, I, I guess Carson really. Except his, Carson. Yeah. 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 I guess. Every. The kids are all right,
2: you know, except Carson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really yeah. the heart and soul of the whole show. Just just going down in flames in the last one, uh, I would have liked to seen his funeral, but that's just me. So, uh, you know, if he was going to go down, I thought that could have been an emotional moment, but it certainly was a tidy ending. As everyone said, everything wrapped up with a bow, lots of happy couples at the end, potential happy couples. And, you know, in general, just a a feel good finale. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. I mean, Edith, it was really Edith's moment. Well, the, the last episode Mary, was all about Mary. This really focused on Edith. She just still couldn't believe she was happy, no. wasn't she? <laughs> Even in the final episode. She got the castle. She got her nice husband. And she was just like... I'm happy. I don't know what to do with it. You know, she just can't can't handle it, Lan. She does have that mother-in-law. So that's, you know. Oh, she's got oh, she has so many problems. I'm so worried about her in that big old drafty castle. Okay.
2: All right. So let's take the storylines one by one and we can sort of wrap them all up like uh, because they're all coupled off, really. Yes. But we'll start down. We'll start downstairs. Uh, So Daisy and Andy, after several really tedious scenes of Daisy just being super unpleasant to that adorable Andy, then we get like Andy in the white t shirt, and woohoo,
0: all of a sudden Daisy is, is smitten. I know. <laughs> I mean, it was close to a pole dark moment. Yeah. Uh, that he was up there on that roof yeah. in his white t shirt mm-hmm. doing a little sweating. Uh he, he it was good. It was good. But yes, Daisy was really it was getting tedious. She yeah. was whining and complaining. She has a history of making bad decisions about men and just her timing's always been off. Um uh, but uh, I think they have got quite a possibility now that she got the cute haircut. Now, right. what about that blow dryer, Liam? <laughs> was, whew. Again, as I said, the Downton Downton doubt Abbey
2: of them all, yes. because it was like, ooh, newfangled tools. How do we use this? And in the last episode, we hadn't seen a lot of that this season, but in the last episode, we get the the mysterious blow dryer that Lady Mary wants. And, you know, of course, I guess if you'd never used a blow dryer, you wouldn't know. You also needed to comb your hair. <laughs> <laughs> pretty lame, but uh, yeah, pretty lame. But you know, Daisy is a lucky girl. I mean, I don't know who she thought was gonna wander in besides Andy. I mean, she's right. in that kitchen like 15
0: hours a day. <laughs> I mean, okay, she passed that final test, Yes, yeah. Thank goodness we don't right. have to go through that anymore, but right? I mean, and Andy's just you know, he just wants to be a pig farmer. Come right. on, Leon. <laughs> Come on, pig man.
2: All right. uh, Another couple from downstairs, Spratt and Donka, the Dowager Countess's servants. Could have used a little less of them in this episode, but I thought the payoff was very funny. That Spratt, who we now know is the uh, the female columnist for Edith's magazine, uh, he just entertained and delighted the Dowager Countess with his columns, and so I thought the payoff was worth some of the the scenes beforehand.
0: Yes, me too, Land. I I was happy with that. Uh, yeah, i is just not ap- appealing at all. No, you know? I'm never rooting for her. You know, so. But uh, she's, she's hanging on. So, uh, and they'll continue bickering. No yes, guess.
2: somewhere in the future in a sequel, they will continue to bicker. All right, Anna and Bates, that storyline wrapped up, of course. First, we see Anna just wielding that hairdryer like a pro. I mean, she, she 's like Vidal sassoon with that
0: thing <laughs> I know that was quite a bob that she worked on because because Daisy really had given herself quite a hatchet job, yeah. but I mean as you can expect with those dull scissors just whacking away at her hair i don 't know what she was thinking, but yeah, Anna did a fine job that was that was quite a bob, very smooth it really looked it worked out well she did but...
2: seem to be working well into her pregnancy though did you buy that didn 't she think like when she said i 'm ten days out? In that time, don't you think they would have made her leave the house? I didn't I, understand, like, the how that could be true, that they would continue to let her work.
0: Well, I, I don't know. I mean, lady, who's going to dress Lady Mary? I That's mean, true. <laughs> it's
2: true. Yes, you're but right. You
0: Got a good dress Land. Who's going to button up those the back of those dresses? Put
2: those necklaces on. I don't know. So ultimately, we do see Baby Boy Bates born. He's born, of course, the night of Edith's wedding. Uh, he's born upstairs in Lady Mary's bed, which I found, frankly, horrifying. I was I did with too. Her. I
1: mean, horrifying
0: laminate floors in Horrible. there. That my God, that her waters broke on the on the carpet, you know? Uh so, well, what was that? Of I don't, all the I, we why did, did not we need to that? see that. <laughs> and that's then and then Mary's like, "Okay, hop in my bed." I was like, "No, <laughs> don't put her in that bed." Those two towels they brought up from downstairs, that was not going to be enough. But <laughs> You know, next to that, like next to Robert
2: giving birth to that alien at dinner, that was the water breaking scene was just really
0: disturbing to me. Just seemed like an unnecessary. It is odd. Yeah. When, yeah, when Down Nabby has like tried to go to some of these realistic things. It's, they just do it in such a gross way. Like- <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so, so they had the baby. You know, she looks like a,
2: a Raphaelite angel after she yes. has the baby. With You know, she knows how to do her own hair, apparently, very right. well. And right. then Bates, like, grinning like a jack-o'-lantern, bothered me. And then we don't know the boy's name, right? It's just Baby no. Boy Bates. That's going to drive me crazy for the rest of my life. <laughs>
0: <And> what- <laughs> On your deathbed, what's what?
2: the name? That baby. I mean would have been a good moment to announce the baby's name and no one asked. Oh, there's everyone's in the room after she's given birth. There's like twenty people in the room. What's the baby's name? I don't know. So okay. (laughs) But they have their baby. Presumably there will be no more murder arrests I know. and they will have some sort of normal life. And I'm happy for Anna. I'm happy for Anna. She has earned it. She's worked hard. All yes. right. Up, up next, uh, Carson and Mrs. Hughes. Okay. I really felt bad for Carson. Like not only does he get Parkinson's disease, uh, right. which progresses very rapidly on the show, but then he basically gets fired on New Year's Eve, like in the middle of a giant party. I just. Well, that he couldn't. Seem... He couldn't pour the champagne, Leon.
0: What did he <laughs> do?
2: No, I know. But maybe I don't know. Maybe a more discreet time to like remove a man from his job who served the family for decades. I, than... I, I
0: realized that, Leon. But you know, he was really stricken, and 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 he didn't know what to do. They needed to help him out. They he need, he needed his next assignment. But the idea that Thomas is going to save the day, you know, he came out the best. I, he really had quite. Uh, quite a series you know he did he was, he was the lowest of low lives right we hated him yeah and now he's going to be the head butler of i Downton know abby
2: i know well i thought i mean we ended up saying goodbye to him all show goodbye I... goodbye 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 <laughs> goodbye 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 and then five minutes later he's back i <laughs> that's <laughs> what i mean like some of the story beats just okay just one goodbye scene is fine and then you know master george that was big and emotional i'm I like know. literally fine. i let
0: that kid talk again and i told you <laughs> with I mean he can't he can't enunciate at all, <laughs> right? He really cannot. You cannot understand what that child is saying. So what it it's not powerful. It's not adding to the scene. Okay, so
2: all right. So yeah, I didn't really
0: understand why.
2: Carson, I thought was treated rather shabbily and Thomas get like wins. I, I just, that was not the ending I would have gone with. No, I, 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 he, I would I have given Carson a more dignified send off. That's what exactly. I mean. I would have actually liked to see Carson's funeral. Cause I think that would have been a tearjerker moment for me at no point during this finale. Did I tear up not one point? I, it did not get to me that way. I thought Carson deserved better. And Thomas, and Thomas, he really lucked out. Although that new gig looked like a pretty deadly assignment.
0: <laughs> that was bad. That was... Those people. Ooh. It's not 1850.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. Now let's go upstairs uh, to the moment of the show, Julie. Thelma, Louise, and Lord Merton. I mean, when the Dowager Countess and Isabel busted in and rescued <laughs> Lord Merton from the evil daughter-in-law and pernicious anemia, that was fantastic. Like, was I would excellent. have loved to have seen more fun stuff like
0: that in the finale. But that was a great moment, wasn't it? That was that was an excellent scene. I loved that storyline. There was a lot of emotion in it. You were really rooting for them. And uh, and it was a good sort of soap opera disease. Right. It's just <laughs> anemia. Yeah, I, I'm sure like many of you, I Googled
2: it the next yes. day. And Absolutely. I got as far as body can't make enough healthy blood cells. And then I I just clicked off. That was good enough for me. I I didn't need any after the water on the carpet, I didn't need any more details about pernicious anemia. Yeah. But that, you know, it was a lovely sort of way to underscore uh Violet and Isabel's long friendship yes. and what it, Yeah, like your buddy is going to go in there, you're going to like rescue lord merton in the silk you know
0: house Dicky, yeah get dicky put him in the car get your valet to load it up go we're going over to the love shack right yeah so, yeah really i mean I the mean, tiny house movement say no more it was young love it's old love i loved it leon that was that was great that yeah was a great scene and yeah. and i actually was rude again Isabel, some she has really bugged me in many episodes yeah. because I think she gets on her high horse. But I just, she, that was such a sweet, sweet moment and she didn't want to miss it. And they, I was happy for them, Leon.
2: I was too. And I thought, you know, Viola could have been like, oh, well, that's the end of that. Like, good. Now, now I'll have a friend for life. But she was willing to. To risk their friendship to do that, I thought that was a, the best moment of the show, and i I wish there had been more of those. I love and it and Tiki merton's line i you're my son, and I love you, but I don't like you that yes. that's that's, that that's a good line that is a good line all right, so hats off that was fantastic. all right, Tom and henry you know I, I'm happy for both of them that they scored those rich in laws but I, I think I'm glad they have a job, or else I think they just would start making out all day long I, mean,
0: <laughs> that was- I know Henry. Henry was like sitting on the bridge, smoking, hurled up in bed, just drinking scotch, the two of them. I don't know. Well, I wish them luck with that Enterprise. Yeah. They do they do need that so
2: yeah but again when he's clearly already plotting the World War II series I mean you can see he's setting it up we have Master mm-hmm. George we have Sybil they'll be kind of in their 20s during World War II you know the two of them will have some sort of car business that will then become you know make jet airline jet airplane <laughs> engines yeah gonna do jobs over the weekend no. You're be writing for Downton Abbey too I, I just was hoping that they I was hoping the script would go further and you know, would take us places in sort of a timeline. And I, so I was disappointed that it really didn't, but it's clear that he's just setting up a World War II series. So that's fine. You know, like in five years when he recovers, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So that's, so he, that's being set up for World War II, that they are going to make a lot of money building uh, airplane engines at World War II, like all those car companies did in England. All right. Then we have the return of Mensa members, Rose and Alistair.
0: (laughs) Excellent title, Liam. (laughs) Men's Amanda. (laughs) Those two. But she's so delightful. Weren't you happy when she just bounced back into Downton Abbey and just, you know, uh, and she just... Like, everybody was so happy to see her, and she just immediately got involved. She's the best. Yeah, it was it was a burst of energy
2: and that I thought the show needed. Actually, I thought it was flagging a little bit. And so then in comes Rose, and thank God she brought her dad, Shrimpy, just so we can <laughs> say that name one more time. Shrimpy. Maybe and Anna could name her baby Shrimpy. You know what? It, in my mind, it's
0: Shrimpy Bates. And so... <laughs> Okay, we I'm have satisfied that. Now. Rest in peace, Leon. You have a name now, Shrimpy Bates. <laughs> okay,
2: Shrimpy Bates. Um,
0: so oh. they're
2: just—they're so beautiful and they're so clueless, and they're just a pure but, delight, Rose and yes. Alistair. I mean, she's there five minutes and she knows that, you know, exactly what to do with Robert to get him on board. So, uh, Rose, thank you for coming back. You were wonderful. If only you had worn that blue Cinderella dress to the wedding, but, uh, that would have been great. All right. then we have Cora and Robert. And, uh, basically the storyline goes back in time to document the first case of life work balance issues. <laughs> and Lady Cora becomes the first victim of the mommy wars. When Robert makes a stink about her work at the hospital and forsaking family. But I really thought that she went to work the day before her daughter's wedding. I was surprised at that, Julie. I was
0: surprised with that, too. Plus, it's over the holidays, right? It was over the holidays. It was like New Year's Eve or a day before New Year's Eve. Who has to go to
2: work then? I don't know. Thank God Rose was there to take care of the flowers. Of course they're going to be lovely. Rose was in charge. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that – and they – unfortunately, those two got stuck with a lot of lines that I thought were, you know, just really telegraphed a lot about the future and this and making – you know making acceptances and you know uh looking beyond what's happening they got stuck with a lot of heavy lines and so but, I,
0: but he's made a, a remarkable recovery yeah. I, I, you know so i'm giving birth to that alien yeah right yeah so he's all back full full uh force and everything so good i'm glad they're happy fine 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 and yeah. i'm glad they were happy about their second daughter you know he's thrilled that the second daughter's marrying so well so he
2: is goody yeah. i think he said <laughs> <laughs> well, he Golly, was like... Or- Woo-hoo. He, he was really thought that castle was something. So, I know. Uh, yeah, he's pretty psyched. So so the two of them, it's all fine. Cora now has just completely uh, changed. She's going to be leading the hospital. She's giving seminars. She's answering health insurance questions. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable, really. So Cora Care is happening there at Downton Abbey. And fantastic, fantastic. But I did have to laugh. I was like, are they actually trying to do a work-life balance storyline? in the middle of this finale. That's nuts. But- they were uh, okay mary and henry mary and henry uh you know she's humbler she seems happier she's married to a used car salesman which is a bit of a disappointment but at I least know. he's still hot i mean he's still very sexy and uh she's she's gonna have their baby but we yes. don't know that baby's name but that baby will also be available for a world war ii storyline and she was nice to edith she really she brought edith back together with Bertie. you know she held her pregnancy news during the wedding which right. other <laughs> sisters might not do that we no, all know people who who's... have
0: ruined other events yes right uh, yes I'd yeah. like to
2: announce my engagement on my sister's <laughs> wedding day we have all been through that not not the Dolan sisters but we've seen other sisters yeah. so I hope she doesn't get too nice
0: though I mean I need Mary to stay married to, to stay married yeah. she will she yeah. will so so that's good that she's having a baby. They're they're solidifying their relationship, and and you know she she's going to be nice to her sister, you know because they're sisters and they and they appreciate that, but not too nice. She said she's going to keep some secrets, Liam. Right. So. right. That's you can good. expect Mary to uh, to rear her snobby head again. Excellent. Excellent. And then finally, as you said, this really was Edith's show.
2: After five seasons of it being poor Edith, Edith got – she got the best of everything. She got the best costumes this show. Uh-huh. She got the best lighting. She got the biggest storyline. She got great camera angles. She got that fantastic wedding dress. I mean, she knocked it out of the park. So – Edith and Bertie back together. Bertie appears to be the only man in England who ever cries. And, like, he cries all the time. I mean.
0: He looked better, though. I thought, you know, because he's been so mousy looking. Because he's usually has has missed the train, the public transportation to show up at Downton Abbey. I thought he was looking sort of handsome, very handsome in this episode. He looked excellent at the Ritz Hotel. So I like that. And, yes, and Edith did look radiant in her bridal gown with that beautiful train. That was uh, really something. And she went through
2: the fire. She decided because her husband didn't have the guts to tell his mother that Edith was bringing a child fathered by another man as she was trying to build this moral utopia there on their <laughs> estate. Um, you know, Edith went in, spoke to the mother-in-law and that, that's something like had it up in the finale. I think that was something that would have dragged out, you know, th- yes. that story would have been told over a couple of episodes. So you got the buildup. The mother-in-law seemed to cave pretty quickly on her moral high ground but you know we needed it to happen because everybody needed a happy ending it needed to end at a wedding apparently so you know she went over the mother-in-law with her honesty and uh you know she gets her man she gets her baby she gets that huge house for goodness yeah. sakes that looks so drafty and uncomfortable so it?
0: cold that's going to be terrible and that mother-in-law oh all the warning bells are there you know she is not going to live quietly in that little apartment she'll be over there <laughs> bugging them the whole time and and that was it you know obviously we had tom also,
2: it looks like something, as we, as we predicted, something will shake, shake out with the lady editor. Again, yes. they'll both be well-positioned for the World War II sequel that we can expect in four to five years. But in general, Julie, it was just a 100% feel-good episode. I, I think you'll remember what happened to the people. I don't think you'll remember the episode so much in, in terms of like it really being mind-blowing TV. But I, you know, everybody got a happy ending, and that was Which nice. was
0: good. I thought it was – I loved the song at the mm-hmm. end when they were singing the, you know. Oh, you did? See, I thought that was
2: really trite, but okay. No, no, no,
0: I liked it, Liam. No, (laughs) I loved it. It That's when I cried. I thought that was really sweet because that is, there is always a moment on New Year's Eve when you're thinking about the past and you're thinking about the future. Mm -hmm. Very nice, Julie. Very nice. All right. Any other random thoughts about Downton Abbey? That's it, Leanne. You tied it up so nicely in a bow. That's it. Well, we would like to
2: thank you. If you have just joined us for the Downton Abbey Recaps, Downton Gabby, many of you, that's how you discovered Satellite Sisters. Thanks for coming along on the journey with us. Uh, Many of you uh, mentioned on our Facebook page that you don't actually watch the show, but you listen to the recaps had I would like to thank you too. That's fantastic. We appreciate your support on all levels, all levels. fantastic show uh and thank you, Julian fellows. Keep writing, get to work on that World War two uh series. I think that would be good. That'd be a good one. um All right, Jill, anything else going on this week for you? No,
0: Lynn, just a usual week here in Texas. uh so how about you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I caught you on that one because usually you ask me and I have like nothing going on and yeah. you have about 10 things and you have nothing going on. That's great, really? Lynn. So have a good week. Okay, you too. Doing nothing. <laughs> All right. We're the Satellite Sisters.
2: You can always find out more about us at SatelliteSisters.com for free. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.